This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Good evening, everybody. Welcome in. Happy New Year. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin uh, with you as the college football season is coming to a close. Sad days from my perspective, but an unbelievable weekend of football that unfortunately did not include Wisconsin. However, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you at least paid somewhat attention uh, to the banger bangers of games that we got on New Year's Eve. uh, And then even yesterday uh, with with Tulane beating uh, your guy, Caleb Williams and and USC. Zach, hello. It is a pleasure. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How many points did USC score in that game? They scored 45. Okay. Well, they I needed think. they needed one more, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't think Caleb Williams necessarily is the issue there. Nope. Not at all. Uh, uh, that would be was- the defense. But as uh, somebody, uh, an Oklahoma acquaintance, has tweeted multiple times something that resonates with me. Keep Jim Leonard away from USC uh, at all costs. Do not let Jim Leonard go there. Absolutely not. Send Jim Leonard there. Get Caleb Williams the defense that he needs. And let him win a national title like he deserves. I just don't want to see Jim Leonard out there because I think defense under Lincoln Riley, it's not that it isn't possible. It's just like it's never happened. No. Yes, but no. Jim Leonard could do it. I'm sure Leonard could do it. Jim Leonard could do it. Alex Grinch is eh. Give Jim Leonard a shot. Yeah, I'm sure Leonard could do it. I mean, it's kind of like the thing in Green Bay, too. Like, Everyone has failed in that job, and yet... That's what scares me. That's why I don't want him in Green Bay either, because I'm petrified of it not going well. Right, and you don't want that legacy tarnished. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's my thought. Yeah. Uh, Not because it'll create this great juggernaut that I'm frightened of. Um, Is that what the Oklahoma person's frightened of, too? No, they're frightened of him actually doing it and doing it well. Probably. Probably. I am more frightened that it will not go well, and then people will uh, look back at, at that era and... Put it on Leonard. While I don't know if it's possible, but that's what? neither. Some of the, oh the the USC era under USC. I was like, yeah. I thought you're talking about Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, overall, though, bowl season delivered, and this is getting to what we're talking about today. From start to finish, Zach, I thoroughly enjoyed it. There were many out there yelling at the clouds, saying, "Oh, too many games." Why are some of the subpar teams playing in the games? Why should I care about some random bowl game on a Wednesday afternoon? And to those people, I say, shut it. I thoroughly enjoyed every game I was able to watch. There were some I was not able to. It was incredible from start to finish. Nobody, I I guess nobody told the teams that the games were meaningless. Because if you go up and down, there were a lot of, quote, meaningless bowl games that mean nothing that seemed to mean a good amount to the teams and the players. So I top to bottom, start to finish, this bowl season was incredible. Uh, you have the, the Arkansas-Kansas game is obviously one. And finally, this is where we're getting to today, the college football playoff semifinals for the first time. on They wanted to own New Year's Eve when they put in those two semifinal games. And finally, they actually had two games that were uh, that were electric, that were close, that were competitive from start to finish. And... The overall question I want to raise today, uh, as I do with many things, watching the sport, watching sports in general, I want to get into what we can maybe learn about the Luke Fickle era at Wisconsin. What spins could we put on those two playoff games that could teach us 
about what Wisconsin's future looks like. And, and we'll go a lot of avenues with this, but that's the overall thought. So you started off, Zach, the, the college football playoff semifinal at the Verbo Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. You have, you have a Michigan team coming in, second straight playoff appearance, undefeated, Big Ten champs, number two team in the country, five-star quarterback, they lose guys from last year, but the defense plays as well. I, I mean, J.J. McCarthy playing out of his mind towards the end of the season. They play a TCU team, not as much talent, maybe getting not lucky, but definitely catching breaks down the stretch of the year. Max Duggan's playing great, but they lose their conference title game. Michigan, seven and a half point favorite. Michigan won the game, right? That that matchup of, of blue chippers everywhere and uh, Jim Harbaugh back in the playoff, they'll be ready this time. They, they they beat TCU, right? Well, according to Stars Matter, yes, they did. But that's your take. And we all live in reality over here. Anybody can win on any given night. And TCU, with their lowly ranked recruiting classes, managed to win that game. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it matching up against that blue chip ratio that uh, Michigan has rolling. But they managed to figure it out, find a way to win that game. I'm always a proponent of you play the games for a reason. Like, I I love looking at the previews and, and the stats and what we can learn entering contests, but there's a reason you do play the games. There's a reason that it's not just Vegas creating a line and seeing who wins and loses. So, yes, TCU pulls the upset 51-45. to 45. The third quarter was drunk. That's when I switched to liquor on New Year's Eve. It was like 5.30, 5 o'clock. 24 to 20, Michigan wins the third quarter with pick sixes and long touchdowns. You asked, though, how TCU won this game, and that's the first point. And, and we'll, go, we'll go through a bunch of stuff here of thoughts of what can we connect to Wisconsin when we watch that college football playoff, which, by the way, I hope everybody out there, uh, I hope you're able to watch it, and if you haven't, watch the highlights. It was insane. Number one, though. TCU plays a 3-3-5 defense, and that is what Luke Fickle has traditionally played at Cincinnati. Like, like that's, that's what their mojo has been. Now, obviously, Michigan scores 45 points. It wasn't a complete shutdown effort from the TCU defense. However, I, throughout the entire first half, like to start the game, because J.J. McCarthy had spoken, he said, oh, we'll bring Big Ten smash-mouth football to that defensive front. We'll be able to run it everywhere. TCU pretty much dominated the first half and the defense was giving Michigan somewhat of fits. I, I think it was somewhat clear that they were not the best equipped to face it. And part of that is TCU had some dudes playing unreal football. Like that inside linebacker winters had a crazy game, but also I, I think there's could be something there of Michigan. Isn't used to that. There aren't, uh, that's not a staple big 10 defense. We see a lot of four, three, we see a lot of three, four in the big 10, I, so when I look forward to Fickle's era, I was watching that game and thinking at first, which positions are important, like which guys are shining, but also could this three, three, five be a new sense of uh, just something that the big 10 will have to adjust to, which could lead to some success early. But what is the weakness of the three, three, five in theory, it would be strength, like size ability to hold up against the run, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Michigan hit on that first play of the game. Donovan Edwards hit. It actually kind of reminded me of Wisconsin TCU in the 2011 Rose Bowl. Monte Ball goes off for this long touchdown run, and then Wisconsin barely could run the ball the rest of the game um, until late in the fourth quarter. Whatever. That's irrelevant. But it reminded me of that. 
And then TCU just kind of shut it down. They were able to hold their own against the run. And if you're able to do that against Michigan and a Michigan team that wants to shove it down your throat. Oh, the Joe Moore offensive line. That was back to back years. They got their butts kicked against Georgia last year. Walking in with those T-shirts. You remember that? Walking, yeah. yeah. Walking in those T-shirts, all those, those custom T-shirts like idiots. Yeah. Um, and this year, the same thing kind of happened. Um, I shouldn't say not on that same level. Right, because they put up how many points? Well, we could just talk about the first half here, because in the second half, clearly I think there were adjustments made. They ran J.J. McCarthy a lot. They connected on crazy big plays. I'm yeah. talking first half to start, right, to set the tone for the game. TCU did what they did, and they got some great plays from their linebackers, got some great plays from their safeties. Like, and that's kind of what it has to be when you're when you're in there. You have to have guys that are going to be able to tackle and, and play close close to the line, but it also gives you a little bit of flexibility in, against the pass. Um, but outside of that one run by Donald Edwards, they didn't do anything on the ground in that first half. They couldn't get the ball. I mean, how many times did they have it first and goal and they they couldn't get touchdowns out of it? Um, like couldn't run the ball down their throat type of stuff. Yeah, well, that Harbaugh tried some gimmicky crap where you talk about. Well, I mean, the, the, the you know, the. The off-brand Philly special. Yes, yes. The Walmart version of Philly special. Or doing a fullback dive to a converted linebacker. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, do you think there could be something there of um, when Fickle installs this defense? If he does, there there could be instant success just because of how different it is. Yes and no. Like I feel like so many teams outside of the Big Town are playing it, uh, especially in some of the in the AAC and, and some and the Big Twelve. That you know, people are going to be kind of like the three four. You're going to be able to adjust to it relatively quickly. I think. I was listening to the latest episode of the camp. Uh, You should do that more often. You and Jesse, and I urge everyone to listen to it. They talked about some bowl game stuff, the the addition of Tanner Mordecai, and then a lot of two-deep chatter. It was during the two-deep chatter that that I heard something that sparked the brain Mm. where either you or Jesse, I forget who, I'm sorry, wondered out loud. It's probably Jesse. Well, like Fickles run the 3-3-5 for a while. Will he immediately come do it at Wisconsin? And well, that was me. Yeah, and you were speaking through the positions and who Wisconsin has returning. And to start, I was trying to project of who could play what position in that defense next year. And I don't know if they have the personnel to do it yet, where that could be something down the road that they do. Like a perfect example, of we have all these classic Wisconsin outside linebackers, like CJ Getz. And in the three-three-five, I don't know exactly where he would fit in because I don't think he's necessarily fast and agile enough to be a stand-up inside linebacker, and he's probably not big enough to be one of the down linemen on the line. He needs to put on some weight, right? Yeah. If, if you want to do that. But you look across the defense, you could say that about a lot of guys, because this was like this is a Jim Leonard 3-4 personnel. Uh, so then I sat back and I, I thought through it, and I'm like, okay, he probably won't even run the 3-3-5 next year. I don't know if they won't run it, but I do think it may be a little bit of a transition. And, and Fickle said as much. He said he's not going to just tear it down, you know, what's been successful. It's kind of be, it'd be like trying to change the culture, trying to change the uh, the attitude that's been built here and the environment that's been built here. That's not what, you know, they have. That's not what they're going to do. They're going to, you know, maybe make some slight adjustments here or there, but they're not going to just go completely away from what's been successful. That was when he was asked, you know, what kind of defense you're going to run, they hadn't, he's like, I haven't even decided. But based on the guys that they have coming in, a majority of them have run the 3-5-5, three, uh, five, five, or excuse me, the 3-3-5 the, three, three, the last few years. 
But at Ohio State, they were a four, uh, you know, four person front, a four, four two man, five, a, a four man front. Like so, it was it was a little bit different. And when they came to Cincinnati, they tried to run that, but they didn't have the personnel for it. And so they they went to the 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 other um, four main or the other scheme. So like I think that they have the ability to adjust. The thing is, the three four is a little bit different than you know what you're asking. But how much? How often are they in the three four? It's really, you know, the two four five is what it is, and that. Can you adjust? Can you be a defense coordinator in that? Can Mike Trussell do that? I think he probably could based on the talent that you have. Right. Or even do they look at the personnel and see a lot of talent in the safety room, for instance? And like we talked about throughout the end of the year, do they want to try to find as many packages as possible that has more of those guys on the field? Like, is it is it something that goes against whatever logic? I, I'm with you there. I, I watch it, and I the only thing I could think of after watching Cincinnati and this kid Ivan Pace, who's going to the NFL, their inside linebacker, who's incredible, and watching the Winters kid at TCU, like I, if Wisconsin can find some some like crazy fast athletic inside linebacker, like that felt like the key because the three three five, it's I, you give up a little bit in run defense and how many guys you have down on the line. You really rely on the secondary to make a lot of tackles too because uh, you throw a lot of different things at them. But it's very versatile in how you can throw blitzes at the line uh, with the linebackers and such. But, to I mean, to me, the key, not that it wasn't in the past with Wisconsin, but inside linebacker play. Well, that's the thing. They kind of had that this year as opposed to last year. Like, Leo Chanel and, and Jack Sanborn were fantastic linebackers and, you know, quick enough. But they were more of your bigger, like, hit-you-in-the-mouth type of linebackers, more so than um, what Jordan Turner and Muma Jogmeta were. Those guys could fly around, and same thing with Jake Cheney. All three of those guys were more of uh, the type of linebackers that I think you may see moving forward at Wisconsin, as opposed to the big, you know, heavy guy that you're just going to knock down the fullback and when he comes through this hole type Aww. of thing, right? Like Leo, I sh- this I'm making it sound like Leo Chanel. They're very Sam fast, are, are slow, They're but not. just size wise, like, Leo Chanel's explosive, right? And and yeah. yes, just a little bit different than I think maybe what. Jordan Turner and and Muma give them definitely I'm pumped for spring ball because as time has gone on and you know the quarterback stuff seems to be figured out that's kind of where my my focus is shifting is to I when we get into spring ball if we see what the defense could look like both schematically and position wise obviously really that's so you're interested more in that than well I guess quarterback is kind of settled now well I figure I want to hear how they're doing but I figure Mordecai is the starter yeah, but I think the interest in offense is going to be off the charts. Yes, oh, well, definitely, um, more so than ever before. The other thing here with this game, and I put this up as a little straw poll on Twitter, at Ben Z. Kenny, I asked a question, because TCU did apparently beat Michigan despite the talent deficit <laughs> that, uh, you know, I've I've discussed before. Does TCU's run to the national title make you blank confident in Wisconsin under Luke Fickle, either more or less or the same. To me, it's generally kind of the same, but when we talk about what the playoff could teach us about Wisconsin's outlook, Wisconsin, I think, will be closer to a TCU-type team than to Georgia or Ohio State, just flat out. But TCU is showing us that it's clearly possible to go to the national title with a team like that. Do you watch that result and think it's a lot more possible for the Badgers in the future? For the sake of this argument, I guess I have to say yes, because I know... You don't have to. 
for the sake of this argument, um, I have to say yes because you already gave your answer. You already said same. So I'll say yes. Why not? Why are we doing why – are, why are, is Wisconsin doing all of these things, throwing all this money at it, putting all this effort into being a team that uh, plays for championships? Why? They're, they're doing it because they want to be TCU. They want to be that type of school. They want to be in the conversation. They want to be better than TCU. They want to be in the conversation on a yearly basis. That's what they want to do. So why not? Yes. A, a team that has an average quarter or an average recruiting ranking in the 30s uh, right now, their best class is what, 25, 23 uh, in, in this last four years from TCU? It's not good. It's, like, that, it, it's certainly no higher than 23. Um, they, they've obviously benefited from the transfer portal a little bit. They've benefited from ridiculous play from a quarterback in Max Duggan and, and some very clutch plays and clutch situations in a whole bunch of games this year. Some quarterback injuries on the other side, too. Um, they should, be, quite honestly, if, if Sonny Dykes was... Um, I mean, if Sonny Dykes, Dykes doesn't take the ball out of Max Duggan's hand at the goal line against Kansas State, they're undefeated. Yep. Um, either way, yes, of course. They sh- it should make you more confident that a Wisconsin team can make a run like this because it I- can happen. It, it takes something special. It takes it, look Wisconsin twenty four fifteen basketball. It was it was a special thing that everything came together at one moment and you made your run. There's it, it was thought like football that can't happen. Basketball there's there's fewer players. There's you know you have a, there's there's more of that ability to for the little guy to jump up and grab the big guy. Football wasn't supposed to happen. If they go and win that game, it opens up a lot of like hope and belief. I think among some of the non blue bloods that it can happen. It might not happen every year, but it can happen because that's the whole thing, right? It can't happen. You've said it couldn't happen. Everyone has said it couldn't happen. It's just impossible. It's always going to be Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio state. Like that's going to who it's going to be. And if TCU pulls this off, that goes out the window. All you blowhards are out. the All they have to go out the window and be like, no college football. It could happen any year. It can happen. If they beat Georgia, I, I will definitely resign to that. I, I mean, it's it's Sonny Dykes' first year, which is ridiculous. And he, he inherited some guys. I, I think they're 32nd overall in the talent composite when you go through all the four years when you average, but 23 was their highest class. I mean, the biggest difference, the, the, the things that can even the playing field more than anything, which I've I've mentioned, but I still haven't really bought into changing everything when it comes to bringing talent in is the portal, which they brought in 13 guys. And Dykes literally said uh, he was asked before this past game, before the semifinal, you know, why have you been able to do this without traditionally enough talent to do it just star wise? And he talked about the portal. He said uh, defensive line wouldn't be where they wanted it to be big impact guys there. Um, And just the way that rosters can now be constructed. Now, I don't think it's a science to look at portal guys yet and say they have this equivalent right because because some guys in the portal like like Michigan has been unreal in the portal they bring in the center and he has had as big of an impact as a player could have but I'm sure that is it's hard to quantify that because he came in the portal you can't just say oh four star in the portal right because of the years he played earlier there's that and then you mentioned it also quarterback play where if you get a, a Heisman type year from a quarterback that negates not everything but but it's showing that it could come close to negating everything. So if I will say officially, if TCU beats Georgia, I will resign to the fact mm. that 
that yes. Um, I think my thought of same in terms of what does their run make me think? I look forward to the 12 team playoff, and I was thinking about this too. Do you think that the 12 team will help or hurt Wisconsin's chances overall? Because TCU, I think right now, is showing that it's possible in the four team model. Because, you, said it was, you said it was impossible before. Well, I think they're proving me wrong. They are showing that it is possible in the love, 14 model. Love to and hear that. It's not as if they were in some cupcake conference. The Big 12 was so good this year, and they they had some really quality wins. Some of them, you know, Minnesota Vikings-wise, by the skin of their teeth on some weird plays, but they won the games. Not going to take that away from them. In the 14 model, they're showing it's possible. It's a It's a smaller sample size because you have to win the semifinal game and then win a national title. And as you said, when you play the games, anything can happen. What's my question is when they go to 12, do you think it gets harder or easier? Because I think I lean towards more challenging. You'll get in more, obviously, but you end up playing more and more really high uh, profile games against high profile teams where I figure Wisconsin should be underdogs in some of them. So the more games you add to it, I think it could make what TCU is doing a little more challenging. What did we talk about last week with more, uh, you know, bites at the apple? Or what did we, what did we refer to it? You know, more at-bats? Mm-hmm. You say they get in more often, you would think that they have better chances, too. Like, the more you get in, the better chance you have of actually making it. Uh, when you get in once, you better make damn sure you take advantage of it. Michigan State, you got in once. Mm. You did not take advantage of it. No. You got, you got whipped. So, but it, I... It's about taking advantage of it, and the more opportunities you get, the better chances you have of advancing. But you're right. It could, it could be tougher. It could be tougher, for sure. Um, I don't think we're going to see it. Uh, I'm not going to say no because I don't want to be labeled uh, in your class. But, like, <laughs> you know, in the NCAA tournament with some of those – and basketball, again, is different. But when guys go on runs or when small schools go on runs, they can make it really, really far, really, really deep. Um it just hasn't gone all the way to the to win a title yet. Uh, I don't know. Comparing a TCU or a Wisconsin to uh, Northwest Louisiana State making a run the NCAA tournament is a little bit different. The talent, while it is different, it's not that much of a drop off compared to what it what it usually is in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting because it's so hard to project because when divisions, I think I, we all think will go away. Like, I could say Wisconsin's path right now is pretty clear. So I I would look at the 12 team and say, okay, maybe they still have to go through X and X games. But once the divisions go away, we, we're going to need to relook at what that path would be. Because maybe what Penn State did this year, 10-2, and two, losses to playoff teams, domination in other games, maybe that becomes enough. And I think it will become enough for the 12-team playoff. So, so, yeah, seasons like that definitely gets you in. I mean, only history will will say, but um, I I do think how we look at recruiting and talent and rosters is changing. And admittedly, if TCU wins, that would be a miraculous. It, it would break the rule in a miraculous way. Um, uh, but until they do it, it's a rule. The rule of you have to have a certain threshold of of four and five star guys to win a title because that's what it's been since since they've started playing the playoff. Right, the playoff. And I believe you you made sure to send me a, a text that this is not the first time a team with a lower ratio like this has gotten into the championship game. No, it was 2014, Oregon, 
against Ohio State. the Ohio State team that beat Wisconsin. and That beat everybody. Yes. and By large margins. They, they Oregon got Al- smashed. They whipped Alabama. And, I shouldn't say whipped, but they beat them pretty good. Zeke Elliott just went on an absolute crazy streak. Cardell Smith just, Cardell, uh, yeah, Cardell Jones, Jones excuse me, went yeah. on a just absolutely ridiculous streak. Um, yes, that, that Ohio State team was a little bit different. And, Ohio, yeah. and, and Oregon had the Heisman Trophy winner. They did. The, not the true Heisman Trophy winner. They had the guy <laughs> that got named, but no. The guy that won the Heisman. The guy that won the Heisman. That, um, you know, that's the only year that I voted for the Heisman that the guy I voted for didn't win. That was Melvin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I I think as time goes on, we will I we'll meet as the off season continues and maybe we will reevaluate well <laughs> on this show. Um but I will say my only official statement on thoughts on recruiting ranking and talent level is until TCU beats Ohio State, I mean Georgia, excuse me, I'm not all the way I, I'm not gonna say everything that I believe is totally false until they win the game. And after they win the game, I will reevaluate. That's where I'm at. Look, talent matters. Stars matter, but talent and talent development matter. And if Wisconsin can get into the, what, top 20, maybe on a uh, top 25 on a regular basis. 25. I think that's realistic. And I think that's also good enough. If you're good enough at building that talent into uh, top players. And as we've seen with Phil Longo in two weeks, you get, top quarterback talent because that as we have talked about with Duggan can negate a lot of it like if you put ah this is going to pain me if you put Tanner Mordecai on the 2021 team they have a real chance to win the Big Ten I think you put them on the 2019 team they do win the Big Ten I I would disagree with that (laughs) well you can disagree with all you want the powers were out of the control but think about it that Michigan like Michigan throttled Wisconsin at, at Madison that year but Mertz goes out, and it was a close game before that. I, yeah. I think if if that offense looked a little different, they could have beaten Michigan. But point is, if you get that quarterback talent and everything else falls into place, it's possible. It's it's funny you say that. Um, if you listen to the camp, you'll hear this. But uh, I think I think his name's Kevin Kevin Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray's dad mm-hmm. is the quarterback coach for Tanner Mordecai, and someone said that they uh, you know he. Luke Fickle put together the best quarterback room at Wisconsin in its history in 30 days. It is hard to disagree with that before we see any of them play. Um, before we step away, Zach, there is there is talk about basketball to come. Hunter Dickinson said something. I'm going to play it about Wisconsin. It is. God, he's, how is he still in college? Like, wasn't he the biggest thing ever three years ago? Yeah, it is noteworthy. We'll touch on that in about five minutes. Real quick, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Georgia 42, Ohio State 41. My only takeaway from this game was that stars did matter because the level of play was was ridiculous. And uh, what a game. What a game. Um, I'm not even going to sit here and slight Ryan Day. I thought he coached great. Stroud was incredible. Georgia's just good. Stetson Bennett is defying all odds. And we'll see. I, I don't know if Georgia TCU is going to be as close as these two games were. But if it's not, these two games were very much worth it. Um, so... That is that. Uh, it'll be interesting as we go throughout the offseason and look ahead as, as more information comes out and as we have more time to talk about it, what, what the sport looks like because it's changing so, so rapidly. When we step away, uh, when we return, there's a lot more to get to. The Badgers do play at 8 o'clock tonight. Another late game. 
Minnesota comes into town. They had to ask Stephen Crowell again about him being a Gopher fan, things of that nature. We'll talk about the matchup a bit, but I wanted to talk about what Hunter Dickinson said because he he is on a podcast, and we're gonna. Who else is on that podcast? That was what I was gonna get to when we come back. Oh. There's I I'll play it for you. We'll discuss it. It's a lot more to come. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin on this fine Tuesday. Happy New Year, everybody. Some official announcement from Badger football. Both Phil Longo and Mike Tressel have been announced as offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, respectively. That's not a surprise. We we figured that would be the case. We, we kind of knew it was the case. So uh, more staff announcements to come. We'll probably talk about it when they're all finished. But those announcements are are coming down. We will be live, as we always are, uh, on Thursday coming up, 5 to 6, Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Come say hello. Come join us. Might be joined by a special guest. We shall see. Might not. Who knows? Uh, But we'll talk about the game coming up in about an hour and a half, Zach. That is Wisconsin and Minnesota. And before we get into said contest and the Badgers, who are now 14th in the country, barely played over the last couple weeks and rose a good amount, Hunter Dickinson, the center for your Michigan Wolverines for as long as I can remember, was on the Round Ball podcast, and he had this to say about Wisconsin. Wisconsin, I mean, they're just, they're just, they're scumbags. That's what it is. (laughs) They're scumbags, he says. Um Zach, I and you could see how long it took. He's like, should I say it? Should I not say it? He's like, screw it. I'll say it. What is more funny about this? There are three options. I need you to choose. Mm. Number one, Michigan stinks, and they just lost to a directional school for Michigan. Well, they didn't just lose to a directional school for Michigan, but... Two games ago. Because they hammered Maryland last time out. Okay, two games ago. Sorry. Maryland's not good. That, number two, his head coach is the one who is hitting coaches, not Wisconsin, for the record. Or number three, one of his co-hosts on the show is none other than Jordan Bohannon. Noted scumbag. (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. To go go along with the other co-host, noted scumbag. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's hilarious. Uh, Look, I think he said it's probably, I think Wisconsin feels the same way about him um, and, and that way about Michigan. Um. I think we all know that they do uh, after what happened last year. Their photo at Big Ten Media Day is notwithstanding. I'm looking forward to, what is that? Uh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day yep. here. And then, obviously, Wisconsin has to go there uh, later in the season. So it'll be interesting. I think Hunter's got some other things to worry about other than Wisconsin and other than podcasts. Uh, when you think about some of their losses, they uh, lost to Central Michigan, which <laughs> is not good. They lost to North Carolina, lost to Kentucky, lost to Virginia, lost to Arizona State. So they have been struggling. They barely got by Ohio, beat them in overtime earlier this season. And uh, I just, I mean, who else took them deep? Um, Guess where Central Michigan is in Ken Palm, for the record. Well, in the 300s, I'm assuming. 270, right below 2-12 Louisville. Where's Lipscomb? Lipscomb? Yes. 
They are two hundred twenty-three actually. All right, so they so yeah, that's good. a that's not a bad win. That's not a bad win then for them. Eighty-three seventy-five back uh, earlier this month. Look, Hunter Dickinson's been in college forever. It feels like he's been that that center forever. Everyone thought he was going to be one and done. He's now on year three, I believe. So, uh, I mean, when you play a guy that much and you know Wisconsin is clearly in his head, you're gonna it's gonna lead to this stuff. But he's he is he he's saying it because he also knows it about himself. He can't use his right hand, for the record. Left-handed is things always. of that nature. It, it's like it, it's impossible. So I would find some irony that his head coach did hit a Wisconsin head coach with with his right hand. A talented player, though. I'll say that. Like he's, yeah, a, he's good. A nice college player. Yeah, nice sure. college player. He's not never going to do anything pro-wise, but he's he's a nice college player. I, and Wisconsin's had plenty of those guys over the years. Like Stephen Crawl, nice college player. If I want to take off the the reactionary glasses and think about this logically, why in the world would he say this? Just like, what's the point? Like, if you're a Michigan coach, do you think you're happy that one of the face of your team is on his podcast calling another team scumbags do you after think, what, do you, what do they you did that, last year? Do you think that coach cares? Well, maybe do an assistant. Think, look at look at the coaches that those two, uh, two of the guys that played college basketball on that podcast. Look at the coaches that they played for or played for. True. Do you think either of them would care what they, what they said about Wisconsin? Probably not. The guy that cannot control his temper. Oh, excuse me. The two guys that cannot control their temper more than anybody else in the big 10 and in the country. Those yeah. guys, those guys don't really have a leg to stand on. If I was, if I was like Bohannon or Dickinson and they were like, you need to, you need to calm this down. Be like, uh, take some own, take some of your own advice. All right. Stop getting those technicals. Stop hurting us in a game. Shut the hell up. My only other thought, Zach, is I, I cannot fathom someone seeking out Jordan Bohannon's opinion on on anything, l- let alone college basketball, except for Iowa fans. Well, yeah. But I, I figure a lot of their listeners are not just Iowa fans. Because then why would you listen to Hunter Dickinson? Yeah, it's, that three-man lineup... Oof. It's not not great. Oof. So not that is great. the that's the round ball podcast if you want to go listen. Uh more importantly, or I guess closer to uh today, right now, six and six Minnesota, 0 and two in the Big Ten, visits the Cole Center tonight, eight o'clock Big Ten Network. Badgers twelve and a half point favorites in this one. I ask you as I do whenever we preview one of these games, does Wisconsin cover? Minnesota is really. Actually, while you do that, I have a statement to make. Okay. Allegedly, I've been told through through the grapevine, through some research, I sources have said Stephen Crowell had a good game last Friday on a game that I, I couldn't watch because it wasn't on television. I feel like you didn't want to watch it. You were doing other things. <laughs> like you could, you would, you know as well as anybody else that it's very easy to find those games if you actually want to watch them. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you didn't want to watch the game. Stephen Crowell had a big one. 25 points. Yeah. Eight rebounds. So uh, people are wondering if if the Steve Crowell breakout is is happening. Some good looking shots from deep. Um, That's that I think may be the biggest development. Obviously him down low when if they're not going to double, if they're going to double him and you don't have a you don't have a guy that can match him up because he's set me. He's a seven. He's a true seven footer. If you don't have a guy that can match him up and you're not going to double he should be able to go to work. And he, he hasn't always been able to do that because they've been doubling a ton this year. It's what led to all those assists that he's got. But they didn't double a ton. 
and it allowed and and when he's hitting those outside shots, it makes it extremely extremely difficult to guard him. Yeah. Oh, and it I mean it helps the offense in the biggest way. But they they were a little um, rusty, I think you would say, coming out of the gates after not playing for so long. It had been 15 days since they had played. Minnesota hasn't played since the 22nd, coming into tonight. Wow. Uh, they got I believe their game against Alcorn got postponed or or the the storm that hit up there um i think ended uh, their ability to play that game so they haven't played to the, since the 22nd so i'm wondering what kind of i mean that's what 14 days right yeah somewhere near 13 14 days so will they be a little uh rusty coming out they better not be because uh, they're not a very good team to begin with but yeah they've, they've had a tough they've had it tough um it's a i think it's still a building situation there for ben johnson it's not that they don't have talent i mean dawson garcia who was at Marquette and then was at North Carolina and is now there was a, you know, was one of those five-star guys or really high. I shouldn't know if, I don't know if it's a five-star, it was a really high four-star guy. He does everything for him, but um, you know, they're still, still dealing with a, a little bit of lack of talent up there. They are the 199th ranked team in Ken Palm. Yeah. Six and six uh, where we stand today. It's essentially, Wisconsin. Gar- it's essentially Garcia in battle and nobody else. Wisconsin number 42 in the country, um, obviously ranked number 14 in the AP poll. I, do you think it's an easy win? I, I mean, momentum is built as January goes along. And Wisconsin teams, right, have traditionally come out of winter break. Like, as the season goes along, this is when they play well. Like, I, I remember years ago, they were, they were atrocious. Uh, they were struggling in the early part of the season. Then they obviously catch fire. It always feels like... Once winter break hits and all that's passed, once January rolls along, they start to play well. So, like, winter break lasts until the end of January, doesn't it? Well, in terms of the winter break they take from playing, meaning Christmas and New Year's. Okay. Then they come back. But momentum is built as January goes along. So this feels – maybe it'll be a little rusty to start. I I don't know. Maybe the game on Friday got them back into it. But I expect maybe this to be a second-half kind of game. And then as, obviously – as the weeks go by and as Big Ten play continues to ramp up, I expect them to start even playing better basketball. I'll say this. I feel like they. this is, um, I don't want to call it a must win, but this is not a good Minnesota team. Yeah, you should win. And yet we've seen, and, and Rutgers, I think, actually has a talented team. They got some, got some boys, some, some, some really good players uh, beating Purdue last night like they did. That was awesome. Right. So anything can happen on any, on any night. But Minnesota is likely going to finish among the bottom four in the Big Ten. You need to win this game. Time for Wisconsin to show why stars matter, <laughs> even in basketball. All right. Um, so that's coming up at 8 o'clock from the Kohl Center. I'm very excited to watch that. As college football ends, Zach, this is when I really get into college basketball. The The first month-ish, the month or two of the season, I'm usually, it's on a back burner, except when the Badgers are playing when there is another college football on. But now that college football is pretty much end, uh, over, it's ending, I'm excited to get back into the swing of, of the basketball season. When we, when we return, uh, we're going to step away here. Got, got a couple of things to hit, a, a hodgepodge of news that I want to get your reaction to. Some, some interesting headlines, um, some of them dealing with football, some of them dealing with basketball. I'm going to say them, we'll get your reaction, we'll lead you up close enough to the tip-off of Minnesota and Wisconsin coming up tonight. Stay right there. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
All right. Welcome back in. Kenny and Heilprin with you. We're live again Thursday from 5 to 6, Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. We will break down the Badgers in Minnesota. Join us there. Listen on the podcast. However you're listening, deeply appreciated. Also, go listen to the camp with with Zach and, and Jesse Temple. Recent episodes, great. I don't want to rehash your too deep discussion. I think it's best for you two to do. However, I urge everyone to go listen to it. Um, that is up wherever you find podcasts as well. Also, again, thoughts on Tanner Mordecai. So, Zach, before we get out of here, some other some other news and notes I wanted to throw by you, get some reaction to. What comes to mind when it is reported by The Athletic, uh, Nicole Auerbach and others, that a source said if Jim Harbaugh were to get an NFL job, he would leave to take it. That doesn't surprise me at all. Does it you? It no. doesn't surprise me at all. Not after what happened. He was he was gone last year. He was he, he was, was in Minnesota last year on signing day. Yeah, he was gone. He was gone, and then he wasn't. They gave the job to Kevin O'Connell. Appears to be a solid hire. Allegedly, I mean, when you're minus nineteen point differential, <laughs> maybe not so much. It got crushed. I, I don't want to. We don't want to offend any Vikings fans. Um, I'm, there's a ton of them that are also Badgers fans, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, that appears to be a, a solid a solid hire. Not a great. Well, we'll see if it's a great hire. But Jim Harbaugh, yeah, he's done what he wants to at Michigan. Like he built it back up. They won back to back Big Ten titles. He made it seem like, yeah, I'm going to be here for life after what happened last year. No, the first opportunity he gets to go back to the NFL, he's going to go. And I, we'll see if Carolina wants to do that if, or if Denver wants to do it. But no, it doesn't surprise me at all. My only big thought is, I I hope he doesn't get a job. I know you're obsessed. With I want him to stay at Michigan. Yeah. I think the Big Ten is better when Jim Harbaugh is in Michigan. I think the Big Ten's more interesting when Michigan's good. And yeah, I know you, I know you could dislike him. You could dislike Michigan, but I, I, I think it adds to the intrigue of the sport and the Big Ten when he is at Michigan because he could do well there. And yeah, he's weird and he's quirky, but he's not like I, I don't know. And he has some questionable things that he says sometimes. But I think on the field. I, I enjoy, at least uh, if you want to dumb it down to the lowest level, he is someone for you to dislike if you really hate Michigan. I, I find Michigan quite interesting under him. I don't like them, but I think the sport is better when he's at Michigan. So I, I, I hope I, he stays. I literally couldn't care less. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and no, then... Unless they, unless they go and hire... Who, who's their, who are they going to hire? Jim Leonard. There you go. Or... Urban Meyer. Or Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. Now that be now that would be good for Big Ten football. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, would you be okay with that? No. Okay. No. Not at all. Not at all. Because because it, it would work way too well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they would they would start doing some stuff there. Um, real quick, uh, in the early two deep thoughts, uh, was there anything specifically that that stuck out when going through that exercise? Positions of like big positions of questions. Other than it's way too early to do it, uh, oh, no. Everyone did it, though. I know. But you feel good about quarterback now? Like, that was going to be a huge question. Feel good about quarterback? I feel great. Feel very good about running back, except, you know, maybe who's the third guy going to be? You like wide receiver. They bring everybody back. They add some pieces, potentially going to go to the transfer portal. Offensive line, everyone's back. Tight end's a little bit of a question. Can Clay Cundiff come all the way back? And is he dynamic enough? Or do they want to grab somebody else? The defense line... The middle of the defense line is a question, though. Even though I like a young, um, you know, some of the young guys there, and then uh, 
I don't. I mean, it depends how you feel about Ricardo Holman. Do you like Ricardo Holman? I don't know. I mean, not against I, Ohio State receivers. I love the young corners they brought in. I like Al Asher. Are they going to barely played like at all? Yeah. Like injured hasn't played. Um, do they have enough young guys? Do they have? I like the young guys. Are they ready to play next year? If they're not. Yeah. Or a, maybe the, the, the Maitri kid. From Jason Maitre, yeah. Well, from I mean, you're not bringing him Boston in. Boston College. You're not bringing him in unless he's going to play. But maybe he ends up being really good. I, I mean, in terms maybe of he's your nickel. what that looks like. So we'll see. That's but exciting. Here's the thing. Most of the positions, I actually kind of like a lot. Yeah. I, maybe Outlook's changing. And that's a show. That's going to be a mid, mid-April show. After, um, after spring ball. Yeah, or whenever. Is Wisconsin going to win the, the Big Ten next year? <laughs> um, we're going to step away, final break. Are you, are you sure? Because you already have Penn State winning this thing. Well, I'll talk about that next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. Stay right there. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Kenny and Heilprin. A minute till we're out of here. Wisconsin against Maryland, uh, Minnesota, excuse me. I was thinking about football teams I like. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, coming up in an hour. Enjoy it. We'll talk about it Thursday live at Monks. The official statement, though, Zach, from the offices of Ben Kenny is my official team that I'm in on next season. It's been Nebraska. It's been different teams here and there. This year is kind of Maryland. Penn State's going to win the conference next year. If Drew Willar is spectacular, which I think he could be, but we'll see. Uh, plenty of time for me to be wrong and for that to land on the big sea of bad takes. Until then, appreciate everyone hanging out. We will talk to you on Thursday. See you.